We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is going on football fans welcome into a saturday edition of the pack a day podcast we have fully finished uh, 67% of the NFL draft, if you're going by days, Rob, obviously there's a couple more picks and rounds to get to as we wrap up Friday night here late. I am Matt Fralick, of course, along with me is Rob Rieger. Rob, we battled through, man. I mean, you're you're an hour ahead. It's 1030 by me. I've had a long week, but uh, I mean, you know, a couple of selections will keep me up past my bedtime any day of the week. Yeah, it, it was it was a very interesting. I'm glad it didn't arrive late because uh, we had the surprise. Packer trade up to the mm-hmm. beginning of round two. I wasn't sure what they were doing there, but I was very happy with the end result. So um, I'm sure we'll have to we'll, we'll get a chance to go, go plenty into Christian Watson. But uh, you know, it, it was exciting, you know. But there's a long gap in between that uh, that, that pick and the 92nd pick. But uh, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Sometimes I think we did overpay a little bit. That was kind of the consensus, but sometimes you have to overpay because yeah, you have to have a team that's willing to trade with you. And especially with it being Minnesota Vikings, they might have asked for a little bit more than, uh, than we wanted to offer. But at the end of the day, I had actually heard a rumor that we had tried to get into the last pick of the first round, which was also Minnesota, but they wouldn't make the trade with us. So we probably offered them the same deal just to move into that 34 spot. What are your thoughts about it? No, you're totally on brand. Like that's, I read the same thing from Zach Cruz of Packers Wire that they tried to trade up to 32. That didn't happen. Um, obviously they parlayed a couple of their picks, 53 and 59 to move up into the 34th pick into draft Christian Watson. You know, dude, I like it to be honest. Like, I mean, would I have been ecstatic if they traded back from the first round and grabbed him last night? Probably not. Maybe I would have slept a little bit better knowing there's a pass catcher for Aaron Rodgers. But ultimately, Rob, like, let's go back a few months. We know damn well the Packers have been sitting down with the young man from North Dakota State many a times, right? They've had conversations with him. He's been brought into the building. He fits the mold really damn well. Physical receiver, can run after the catch, uh, can block, can play some special teams potentially down the road. I think it's a good pick. I mean, they they didn't necessarily – you could make the argument that they maybe reached for him. 
Um, but ultimately they found a guy that fits what they do. And there is that just crazy run on Thursday with those receivers, which kind of pushed the Packers to pick the two Georgia defensive players, which was fine. I think that's a, an okay thing. Are they ever going to break away and actually draft the first round receiver? Javon Walker and the rest of, uh, Packer Nation will wait and see, but I think it's a good pick. I don't hate it. I think he's going to have some, you know, some stuff to work on. I think they said maybe some, his catching sometimes is, you know, not up to speed, but he's always putting in the extra work. And I think he's just going to be a great, great player to add. And one thing I'd want to pull from, I think it was, um, Packers Wire had a scouting assistant that kind of did, had a little Q and A with, and they talked about just like the pedigree that is North Dakota, North Dakota State football, right? Like yeah. along with Georgia football, like you go and draft winners, like, and that's the type of pedigree of a player you want, whether they're at any level, right? FCS, FBS, D2, D3. If you're playing with a program that is consistently winning games, you know how to come into the league and transfer and play like an absolute superstar. Right. I mean, with Watson, he's a guy that obviously his best football is ahead of him. He is a little bit of an older prospect. Uh, he's almost 23 years old, but at the, I, I'm just thinking from a from a Packers fan perspective that that I feel that he can be that guy can, that can truly be a difference maker mm-hmm. in our offense. And we had a guy sort of like that with MVS. Obviously, he's gone right now, but I think that Watson has a lot more versatility to his game. He is actually a better athlete, although MVS is a fantastic athlete. But I mean, this guy had a literal ten as his rest score. Yep. Uh, I believe it was the highest or the second highest uh, ever recorded that, that since 1987. So his athletic ability is sensational. He has huge hands. He has long arms. He's tall. He's fast. His 10-yard split, which a lot of people don't realize that the 10-yard split, for the most part, is lower for shorter guys because they get out of the gate a little faster. And some of those taller guys takes a little while to get to, up to full speed. But he had a 10-yard split of 1.45, which is sensational. So you know, he, you know, great, you know, a vertical jump 38 inches. So you can go on and on and on about his athletic traits. And I think it just comes right down right now to having a wide receiver coach that can kind of teach him the nuances of running routes and, and getting out of get in and out of breaks. He struggles a little bit with that. And he also just from a, a pure route running standpoint, he hasn't had the full route tree mm-hmm. as of right now, but he didn't, hasn't really needed it. He, for the most part, can just outrun people at the competition that he was at, but at the NFL level, obviously he can't do that, but there's nothing to indicate that he can't handle that. It's just that he hasn't been asked to do that yet. Definitely. And we, we kind of talked about that in our first episode, right? With, uh, with Eli and it was Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, and Traylon Burks. And we talked about developing that route screen. Sometimes you're not asked to do that at the collegiate level, just that offense. Maybe you receive quarterbacks too, even. We talked about quarterbacks, right? Some guys can't throw every ball in, in the route tree. So ultimately, I think those are things to work on. I, you know, caught the little tidbit from, um, that, article on Packers Wire about maybe the the catching ability and just being focused. You got the route tree, but I think those are things that you can establish and you can't teach everything that this kid has in his pedigree, right? Tim Watson, his father played safety in the nineties in the NFL uh, to dive into that 10 perfect 10 RAS 4.36, 40, 38 and a half inch vertical, 11 foot, four inch broad jump, I mean, 6'4", 208, very, very MVS-like, and they kind of just swap him out, bring in a newer version of him. 
Um, and like you said, I think, I think Packer fans are going to embrace the guy. I think anytime you get a kid from North Dakota State in this day and age, it's especially just like in the Midwest, it's just, it, there's something about the way they play football up there. It's, yep. It translates very, very well to the frozen tundra in Lambeau Field. So ultimately I like it. They got a pass catcher. And did I think by the end of today, being Friday night, would they have had only one pass catcher on the roster? Probably not, but partially that was because they, you know, those, they moved those picks around to get up to 34, yeah. obviously moving 53 and 59. And then wh- who knows? Who knows what will happen tomorrow? We'll obviously preview that a little bit later. Um, anything else on Christian Watson, Rob, that you want to you pinpoint? No, it's, you know, he, I mean, he did have a couple drops. I mean, that, that I guess is something he has to work on, but that's also a concentration thing. And it's just a matter of getting with Aaron Rodgers. And and the one thing uh, that people will point out is that he didn't have stats that necessarily jump off the screen. He had some great highlight reels. But you have to remember that that offense that he played in at, South, at North Dakota State wasn't a high-powered offense. They're a good offense, but they're uh, fairly run-heavy. And for him to even have 43 catches in that offense is uh, – it's pretty special. I believe I read that he had double the targets of second place. So he was definitely their go-to guy. He was just like, like I said, a fantastic athlete. He can also help in the, in the return game if they want him to do that initially. So um, I'm, I'm happy with the pick. Like I said, I, I don't know if we could have hung back. He would not have been there at 53 if we were to stand, stood pat there, but you know, you can always look back and say, well, you know, maybe we could have stayed stayed where we were and picked a guy like Alec Pierce. So it'll be interesting to see because he was kind of that other guy that I was eyeing up as far as our second round receiver. And he was available at 53. So it'll be interesting to kind of see that. I believe the Colts took him to see how those two guys' careers stand out. I did want to add one more thing, Matt. Go ahead. So it's kind of been my thing in my lifetime that – I've always been begging and pleading and pining for the Packers to address inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. I see guys over and over and over again. I see these teams that are winning Super Bowls and you have these star players at inside linebacker and they make such a difference as far as your defense goes. And that's all I've been doing. Like most of the drafts of the last, probably the last 15 years, I've been like, come on Packers, like pick an inside linebacker. And it's so funny because now that we finally have a good one in Devondre Campbell, which is a miracle, then we go out and we draft our first pick of our first round is another inside linebacker. So um, I'm so happy about it, but it's just kind of ironic that I've been begging them to take that for so many years, and then now they finally get a good one, and now they have a second good one. So um, I'm really excited about our defense. I know that that wasn't necessarily our topic for right now, but I just wanted to kind of give my two cents about that. Absolutely. And it, but I mean, it kind of contributes, right? Cause we're going to be looking at everything as a whole as we get kind of previewing it going forward. It's funny you bring that up to Rob, cause I've been in the same boat for a number of years. Hopefully they draft some like athletic inside linebacker to fit into this mold. And maybe it was more of the Mike Petton defense, but I think going forward, it's going to, it's all going to shake out. But I was a little underwhelmed that they drafted Quay, Quay Walker, but ultimately like, Hey. It, they finally got a guy, and you pair him up with Devondre Campbell. It should be an absolute nasty combo um, with him and his teammate coming in here. So I think it's going to be super solid. And just to round out here, you did mention they could have gotten some value later on because you talked about those receivers, right? You had at 50, Tyquan Thornton from Baylor went to the Patriots. 
George Pickens, my guy, I think you liked him a lot from Georgia, 52, yep. 53, right on the dot where the Packers could have had was Alec Pierce. Sky Moore went later from Western Michigan uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs, and there was a couple receivers before that. Uh, but ultimately, I think they went and got their dude, and I have no problems with that. So they picked second in the second round and then had to wait 58, yeah. that's 5-8 picks, to finally pick 28th in the third round at pick 92, and they decided to go with none other than a versatile offensive lineman. And there was a lot of, I mean, I was trolling, I think, uh, last week or so about that. That's what the Packers were doing in the first round, and avoid receiver. They didn't do that, but they get some value, I think, in round three. And it, it, to to go into this draft as a fan, to not expect them to draft a offensive lineman, you'd be very, very ignorant. And they got a guy in... Um, Sean Ryan, who I think is going to be contribute right away. First of all, he meets the eye test under the helmet. Good hair, really good mm-hmm. salad. I mean, he is going to fit right into that locker room. Uh, that's going to be ideal. Now, guard UCLA, uh, he played tackle. He could be a guard. I think you know, he did play tackle last year, twelve games. But it sounds like a lot, even in the in the NFL Network, you know, little snippet when they don't have many much time to get to. They mentioned like more than likely going to switch to guard. But right there, I'm like, I don't care. He can play either position, and that makes me super happy. I guess first and foremost, Rob, any guesstimate of where he'll end up as a starter for the Green Bay Packers? And then what do you think about the young man out of UCLA? Yeah, what I think about what what I think about him, Matt, is that I think he's going to compete right away with Royce Newman. I've kind of identified it, and I feel bad because I like the guy, but he did struggle at times. And although Ryan did play tackle, and I think that in a pinch he could potentially play tackle if we need him to play there, mm-hmm. but I think he profiles more as a guard. I had him ranked as my ninth-rated interior offensive lineman. That includes center and guard. So it's about in that third-round range, about what I expected. I didn't have him. I was kind of going back and forth with some of my friends, you know, who I thought the Packers were going to take. He wasn't one of the guys. I was kind of looking at tackle. There's a guy with um, – out of Penn State that I liked, but it, it, it almost is telling the way that I think that they view Elton Jenkins as a tackle mm-hmm. because we obviously need to replace Billy Turner on our line. So if they're going to go with a guard in the third round, that's going to be a guy that they see as a potential starter, but they don't view him as a tackle. So it's telling me that they're going to go with Bakhtiari and Jenkins at the tackle positions. And then with Sean Ryan, move him inside and play a guard position. I think he'll compete and probably win that guard spot uh, next on uh, the right guard spot. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I, I, I like the guy. Uh, I did do some film study on him. He's a, once again, a fantastic athlete. I believe his RAS score is a 9.35. If I, I'm going off memory right now, but it was a 9.35. So, um, you know, he's a guy that it's it's hard to get excited about an interior offensive lineman. So, you know, I'm not jumping up and down, and he doesn't have necessarily the splash plays like a wide receiver might. But I think as far as a steady player, multi-year starter, he's a guy who played in a big conference. So on and so forth. And actually, the the Chip Kelly scheme mm-hmm. is very similar from a zone blocking scheme that the Packers play. So it shouldn't be too hard for him to kind of get accustomed to the way that the Packers block and the techniques. 
And to me, that's very, very important. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hell yeah, absolutely. I mean, you absolutely 100% did more film study on interior offensive linemen than I did. Uh, one quick thing that I noticed was that um, really solid at run blocking, though, from what I read. Um, yeah. Super, super good with that. And where the Packers are trending right now, um, if you had to pick a side of the coin, they're obviously trending more towards a run first team. Um, we'll see how that progresses here with some of the new weapons that Aaron Rodgers gets in his offense. But I think ultimately he he's for sure going to come in and compete. I mean, you got to remember Lucas Patrick is gone. Uh, Billy Turner, no more there. So they got to fill some spots in there, especially on the interior side and John running, will get his Royce Newman probably still slotted there. But I think what you, you nailed it on the head to start Rob was that the fact that they they believe Elton Jenkins is going to be the right tackle, potentially could be the, the heir apparent to David Pocktier down the road. But right now we know we got our bookend tackles with these two super, super reliable guys. Um, but expect some other offensive linemen to be had throughout the rest of this draft. Maybe even some, uh, you know, undrafted guys that we get further down the road. But yeah. I think Sean Ryan's a solid pick. Um, they talked about, you know, just his lower half being a super, super sturdy guy. And he definitely fit, he fit, he fits the eye test for me. Looks like a nasty dude that's going to be able to mix yeah. it up in the middle. And, um, they needed a body like that. But I think the, you, I didn't really think of that till you brought it up right away. But I think this really does tell us where they expect, um, Elton Jenkins's career to kind of transition or at least, uh, find some stability now with the Packers. 
Yeah, because there's there's a couple of tackles out there. I know the kid from Minnesota, the Giant, Falele, mm-hmm. uh, uh mm-hmm. He was out there, and I'm thinking, you know, do I really want him on the team? I, I wasn't sure about it, but then when they picked Ryan, I was excited. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, uh, there, there are a couple of surprises that that actually went right before him. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's such an interesting draft. I mean, even like a Malik Willis falling all the way to 86. So weird. I couldn't believe that, but I was kind of getting excited that Jalen Tolbert was starting to drop, and then Dallas uh, jumped. Uh, Dallas ended up taking him at 88, so he was kind of my guy that I was that I was hoping that they'd take and maybe take another receiver there. But you can't really complain with with what uh, Sean Ryan and and if you can get out of this draft four starting players in your first four picks. Even with the, you know, we have plenty of picks left, but that to me is a, is a winning draft, and it looks to me like I don't see any reason why any of the four players that we've drafted so far won't end up being starters at some point soon. Totally agree with you. I mean, it's it's, the, I I think if you can get out of any draft with a couple starters, you're set. But I truly believe out of these four selections in the last two days, I think three of them will contribute right away. I don't know definitively about Sean Ryan. I mean, defensive tackle as well from Georgia. I don't know how, how firm I am on that, yeah. but I think eventually, like, I mean, Watson's going to have to compete, right? Like, it, it won't be right oh, away because sure. Roger Nevers gives a blessing to a young receiver right away. He's got to earn his trust, and I think that'll happen. But we could see that later in the season when, you know, we got to remember some of we got some older guys on this roster at receiving position. Sammy Watkins also relatively injured from time to time. Randall Cobb obviously coming off his super bizarre abdomen groin injury last year, and yeah. he's older in the tooth. Alan Lazard, solid player, usually reliable, but not a real home run threat. So you're going to have to get some starters out of this, 100%. The Packers started today with three picks in day two. Obviously, it only ended up with two picks because they traded up to get Christian Watson, their dude, North Dakota State 6'5 receiver, um, and they swapped within the division, the 53-59 to be able to get up to 34. Rob, your overall feel for today, um, rating 1 to 2, 1 to 10, A through F, whatever. What are, what are your thoughts? Where do you kind of put this on the Rob Rieger scale? The, the, for the Packers or for overall? Yeah, just, I would say just for the Packers today. I, I think that I can't give them an A just because I no. do think that we traded, uh, that we gave up a little bit too much. I was hoping to somehow keep, one of those second round picks, probably the 59 pick and maybe give up that third round pick instead. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably give it a solid B. We addressed needs for sure. And I kind of went into this draft thinking that we, you know, in today at least thinking, okay, so we need an offensive lineman and we need a wide receiver for sure. And then just anything else is gravy on top of that. So we actually, you know, picked up the two positions that I felt like we needed the most. Uh, there are some things that we definitely can still address tomorrow and have two fourth round picks. So that's, that's going to be exciting. And there's a lot of good players out there. I, mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's just how it is every year in the draft. There's so many good players. And I think that this draft in general is a very deep draft. It's not as star studded as maybe some of the other ones. And, and geez, um, you know, the, the Jacksonville is on the clock with the first pick, and a lot of people didn't even know what the first pick was even going to be. So most years you kind of know, but this year there was, you know, there's that confusion at the top. So, yeah, we, we go with the uh, 132nd pick tomorrow and the 140th uh, starting out in that fourth round. So 
Um, I think that from a player perspective, I think mm-hmm. we do still need to address defensive back. Yeah. That's one of those positions where we have to replace a lot of snaps in our secondary. We did sign uh, Rasul Douglas, obviously, and, and we we're expecting to have J- uh, Jair Alexander back. And I actually think here's another kind of take on this is that I actually think that Quay Walker is going to play a lot more and we're going to play actually in a base three, four, a lot more than we did last year. I was looking through it today and Chris Barnes only played about 26 or 27% of the snaps last year where we played a true three, four. And the majority of the time, about 75% of the time we're played with an extra safety. I don't know if that's the way that Joe Barry necessarily wants to run his defense. I think it was more of a necessity that he didn't have the correct personnel to go into that base 3-4, and it forced him to kind of play a lot more dime packages than he wanted to. Quay Walker is an excellent um, – he, he's excellent at covering, out of the, and he's tall. He's 6-4, so you can match him up with the tight end. You can put him on a, a running back and maybe even some bigger receivers if you need to, and he still has that ability to play the run. But I do think that we have some uh, secondary help. Uh, safety, for example, is one. It's a very deep position this year. Uh, there's a kid out of Toledo named Tyson Anderson that I profiled that I think is uh, an excellent safety. Uh, there's also a kid out of Oregon, Barone McKinley, is another guy that I really liked uh, coming out. So I think we might address that. Um Tight ends in another position is kind of a wild card. I think that we could use a tight end for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a couple guys, good pass catchers, uh, Bellinger out of San Diego State. Uh, there's Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. And my actual favorite guy is Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State. I think that he's going to be a much better pro than he was a college player. And I think that they ran into some issues with quarterbacking at Iowa State. Uh, Brock Purdy was pretty inconsistent there. So um, as far as that goes, I think the tight end is going to be another position that we will target for the future. I think they definitely have to prioritize that. And I would say the tight end class this year kind of reflects the overall class of the the draftees. Like no real stars for the dudes, but they're solid guys throughout. Like all the guys you mentioned too, obviously – you know, state favorite Jake Ferguson's also in there. Yep. There's a other couple other dudes that have played in decent offenses that you can you can plug and play. Uh, like you mentioned, round four tomorrow, the 27th pick at 132, pick 35 at 140, round five they have pick 28 at 171, and then nothing in round six. Um, round seven they have three selections: the seventh pick there, the 28th pick, and the 37th to finalize at 258. Um, <laughs> I guess overall, Rob, do you see you see Goody getting crazy with some some movement? Do you, do you expect him to do that? I, I think at this point, I think he's just going to let the he has his board made out. Um, I have, I mean, maybe move up a couple spots if there's really a guy that he wants to wants to pick up. But you know, for the most part, I think he might just stay pad. I mean, I don't know if he's going to draft all those players. He may move a little bit with mm-hmm. uh, all those extra picks. Uh, just moving up a couple places here and there, but I don't think he's going to get too crazy with it. Uh, I think that we have our board set, and I was actually a little surprised that we made both of our selections in the first round. I was kind of expecting us to try to trade up, but I think the the deal was is that he might have made some calls, but then Jamison Williams went at number twelve, 
and they had that early run on receivers, mm-hmm. and he kind of figured, okay, like I'm I'm not going to get that high. I'm not going to get up to like the top ten, and I might have to give up too much. So he kind of stayed back and just let it fall into place. But I was a little surprised. I I was expecting him to trade up, but I was very happy with what what the Packers got, and I'm I'm excited about tomorrow. I think there's a lot of good players out there. We might grab another receiver, tight end. There's a lot of good guys left safety, maybe even other offensive linemen. I mean, he tends to triple dip with mm-hmm. a position, so I don't know which position it's going to be because we have our four picks are four different positions so far. To uh, so far, but you never know, man. Uh, even running back Isaiah Spiller's still out there. I mean, there's a ton of guys that I, I feel have the potential to fit in with the Packers. Maybe not as a starter, but as a potential contributor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I totally agree. I, I I think, first of all, I 100% agree with that the 22nd and the 28th pick. I thought they could have moved up and done something with that. But as soon as that receiver run went and it started so early, I knew we were, I don't want to say in trouble, but it was going, you're going you're kind of pivoting the initial plan that I was in my gut and so be it, right? You let the board come to you. Then you pick some defensive guys who are going to be able to make that defense stouter. And I really, really like your take on the transition of that defense. I think ultimately too, that helps the run D as simple as it may be from switching to dime to back to a three, four more of a traditional defense. Um, Definitely not as more as popular as it was maybe 10 years ago, but a defense that you need to have as a base to be able to stop the freaking run. I think too, like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, I want to say that they're going to prioritize offensive linemen more than receiver, uh, just based off the fact that they have already three solid receivers on the roster. Amari Rogers being a fourth is coming off an injury. He's going to be productive. Like, I think the way sometimes that we as fans and as insiders and bloggers and podcasters look at it, we're like, you know, we don't look at, at it from a, a, what the Packers have done. Like they, they did. You know, they did sign Sammy Watkins, right? They did bring him in. Now, granted, they did lose Devontae. They got some equity for him. They did lose MVS. But, like, they're really technically only down, like, one one player at that position. If not, like, yeah. it might be even a net zero. And we look at, like, the big names and the guys that we had fallen in love with for a few years and be like, well, you know, a rookie's not going to do anything. And that we kind of forget about Amari Rodgers coming off an injury. And, oh, Tyler Irvin, that's right. He's going to be able to be productive. Not a receiver, but he's going to be able to do stuff on the offense. So I think maybe a pass catcher yet with those six picks. I think definitely heavy offensive lineman, but I think to supplement the the receiver, they go with a tight end. I think a tight end has to be prioritized. I heard some debate of, 
you know, it's kind of a weird situation, especially when the Waller thing came up. Like, well, yeah. what are you going to do with Tunyon and what are you going to do with Mercedes and, and Daphne and, of course, DeGuara? But it's like those guys all have all different assets. I think they all do different things. I'm not super, super, you know, optimistic about what Tunyon's going to do coming back. DeGuara hasn't really shown much that he can do of anything really pass-catching-wise. He's more of that H-back dude. Yep. I think Daphne's solid, and then Mercedes Lewis, bless his heart, great, great blocking tight end, but he's just there to block. He is the right. sixth offensive lineman, so you need to get some, you need to get some offensive productivity there. If instead of a tight end, a running back, I'd be okay too, but really I think a couple linemen, maybe a receiver. The last thing too, I guess the only real disagreement I have with you is that you talk about defensive back that, you know, they did extend Darnell Savage with his fifth year option. Yeah. I, so take that for what you will, um, but I do think it would be it would be smart to add a secondary guy there just to just as a backup, just as a safety net. I don't know if it's cornerback or safety. I would probably defer to probably safety, but realistically, it's never a bad thing to have some defensive backs in the roster because they've added some really athletic ones throughout the years. I remember even recently, uh, Kadar Holman just came out of nowhere like a yeah. fifth or sixth pick from Toledo and was like, shoot, why not bring him in, stud? He's obviously not in the team anymore, but you can get some super athletic guys that can play special teams tomorrow. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna actually mention that it's, it's a great point. Is that you know a lot of safeties are traditionally pretty good mm-hmm. on spe- on special teams. So you know you could grab a guy that's an outstanding athlete and you can stick him out there because obviously special teams has been kind of the sore spot on the team. So um, I don't know if I prioritize safety. I think it is a deep class this mm-hmm. year, but and, and you can get some talent out there. So I think at this point you would just want to look for best players that are going to contribute in some fashion. Um, I, I mentioned safety specifically because Adrian Amos, I, I don't know if he's going to be on the team after this mm-hmm. year. They're going to have to do something more than likely is last year of his contract. So I, I'm not sure if he's going to be there, but I'm also not sure that you're going to find an impact player in you know, round five or round seven, mm-hmm. you know, that that's going to replace a guy of that quality. So you may have to go someplace else. And there's a, the other thing with the receivers, man. There's some pretty – they're not star players on the market, but there's a couple guys out there that if you gave them incentive lace contracts, a guy like Julio Jones, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to guarantee that he's going to be great. He's pretty injury prone. But if you gave him something where he could earn uh, a lot of money if he played well and stayed healthy, that would be something. Jarvis Landry's another guy I've kind of had my eye on. And also uh, Will Fuller is a guy that – Geez, we've been trying to get that guy for like five years, and uh, <laughs> he keeps pulling his hamstring over and over and over again. So, <laughs> you know, he's another guy that you know maybe if you give him a, a small uh, guarantee with the ability to make more money, and those guys can maybe be excited about playing with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, that could kind of unlock some of those incentives if they uh, even Odell Beckham's out in the market. So, I don't think that even if we don't address receiver anymore, that we're done. And we'll probably bring some of those guys in, but I think that Christian Watson for sure is just an ultra talented guy that is going to take the top off defenses and Rogers is going to be able to throw deep to him and he's going to be able to run underneath the ball. And it's really going to put that pressure on that defense. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, last question, I think to you, uh, pick one, only stick with one. You mentioned a bunch of names. Uh-oh. Who's a player that you want the Packers to draft tomorrow? Of any names on there, doesn't matter position, but maybe someone you've fallen in love with with your deep dive on draft tape, a position that you think some some guy that's fallen. Give me a name. I'm going Charlie Kohler. He's my he's my favorite tight end in the draft out of Iowa State. I think that, like I said, he's been underutilized there. 
If we can somehow pick him up in the fourth round, he's a huge target. He's six seven, and I think that he's not a great blocker, but I think that in the red zone he could be a, a huge target for Rodgers. So that's kind of guy, the guy that I have my eye on. I hope he doesn't get picked before we pick, and he could be a guy that can contribute even as a rookie. Awesome. I'm going to kind of go in the same vein with you and maybe just a little bit of competition, maybe a contrarian. Uh, Isaiah Likely, I'm going to pick him out of Coastal okay. Carolina. I, I didn't really know much about him until I started doing some deep dives. And, like, I kind of like the way he plays, super athletic. Uh, he's not 6'7", he's 6'5", but um, I think he's a really, really solid body, flashy, athletic, and I think he could absolutely contribute. So I guess we're both thinking some offensive offensive firepower. Yeah, right man. Now. Yep. So, I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Hell yeah. Um, next week, too, it's important to note, I imagine Eli will be back with us, but we actually, assuming the Packers keep that fifth-round pick, we get to absolutely just dive into who that selection is. And I'm, and I'm fingers crossed, I'm glad we're not, you know, Nick, Mike, and Gage, who are supposed to cover the sixth-round picks when there are no sixth-round picks. So I'm interested in what they will do uh, eight days from now, but ultimately – it should be fun. I mean, hopefully maybe they even trade up into the seventh round and or put those seventh round picks in the fifth round and maybe trade back from the fourth and we get a bunch of guys to break down. But ultimately, um, next week it's going to be an absolute dive for everyone because you're only going to have a couple selections to really get yep. into, and it's a full week to kind of prepare. Tomorrow, obviously, uh, like as I already mentioned, Nick, Mike, and Gage will be in the day three recap. So all these guys that Rob and I have already mocked to you guys, um, the two tight ends, about the three running backs, the six receivers, somehow they're going to be able to acquire all of them. Um, so make sure you're listening to that episode and tuning in. And as always, Rob, I always got to commend you. I appreciate you hopping on with the Pack of Day podcast during draft season along with everyone else. It's it's awesome. You bring so much awesome. insight and knowledge to it, and you, you either validate some of my opinions or correct me on something or even just bring something <laughs> to the light that I didn't even think of, especially like that 3-4 defensive thing. Yeah. That's super, super on brand. Um, and obviously, just like Rob, who's a great guest of Pack of Day podcast, make sure you're following all the new members of Pack of Day podcast during draft season. We're still in draft season. We're still going to have another week or so of this breakdown. Um, and obviously, you know, you can find them when we're on Twitter at Packaday Podcasts. We're tagged in all the tweets. Make sure you're on there. Listen to all the podcasts, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Axel Alexa, she'll tell you where to get the podcast. Rob, where can everyone get your information and what you're, I guess, reacting to tomorrow and throughout this next week when you dive into some tape? On Twitter, I'm at NFL Draft Regs, R-E-G-S. I have been on the radio 97.3, the game, on the Drew and KB show uh, all week long, and I will be doing actually a recap on Monday for that. Uh, I also, I mean, it's a little bit too late now, but uh, she's a TV draft guide. Um, it's a, an excellent resource, and, you know, put it on your calendar to buy one next year for, if you don't have one this year. And... Uh, and that's that's about it, man. It's, it's been a blast. I, I loved it, covering the draft. Obviously, I've been doing it for a long time, and you, you've been a great host. And uh, you know, I, I love the banter. So, you know, thank you, Matt, for your excellent uh, professionalism. Absolutely, always here to banter. Always, always. If uh, speaking of banter, if anyone wants to banter with me and remind me of uh, to trust the process with Brian Gutekunst, because I had some people in my mentions this morning when I was comparing and contrasting um, Clay Walker to maybe I don't know Devin Lloyd. Please tweet at me at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. I'm super ecstatic to get through this weekend and just look at what the Packers have on paper. Like Rob mentioned, there could be some transactions still happening. God forbid they add a couple players in early May, end of June, 
in, I mean, who, who knows? The, it's not going to be solidified till early September what this team actually looks like. We still got to get the roster, or we have to get the, the schedule to release in like two weeks yet. So yeah. time, there's still time to fill this roster, fill it out. There's obviously going to be some need, I think, to sign some offensive linemen, regardless of how the draft goes, just because they have about half the guys that they have on the roster right now that they had in training camp last year. So that'll be to need to prioritize. But Lucky for you guys, Packaday Podcast is every day, so we'll be breaking down any of those transactions that happen, um, and this is the only place to get it on Packaday Podcast. So for Rob Rieger, I am Matt Freilich. We appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy the rest of draft day on day three. We thank you for starting your Saturday morning with this episode to get prepared. And as always, Rob, go Pack Go Pack Go.